Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We want, this is our fifth a message on the series that we've been on called Faith. Called Faith. And so uh, we want to learn a little bit more through this, through this chapter here of, uh, of Hebrews chapter 11. Look with me, if you will, at verse number 8. Verse number 8. The Bible says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he, was, when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Look at that verse one more time. By faith Abraham obeyed. Everybody say obey. Let me ask you a question. If God called you to go somewhere where you didn't know where you was going, would you go? <laughs> I know that's sort of a setup question. Because I asked myself that. I don't know that I would go either. <laughs> But think about it. I mean, we're just being honest with one another, right? But the Bible says, by faith, Abraham, what? If, if, God said, if you knew God said it. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. She bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died, this is, this is a part I want you to get out of, this, out of this text. These all died in faith, not having received the promise. But having seen them afar off, were assured of them. I told them this is what's going to happen, but they didn't receive the promise. But they were assured of them, embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore is God ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city <clears throat> for them. He's prepared a city for them. There's a young couple that rented a vacation cottage for a week. One afternoon, the husband looked out the window and he saw a swimming pool outside the window and he hollered to his wife and said, let's go change our clothes and let's go get some exercise. His wife was wash washing dishes and at the kitchen and she was looking out another window. She was watching people play tennis and quickly agreed that uh, they needed to go and get some exercise. And while she dressed for tennis, he dressed to go swimming. Here's the point. Whatever window a person chooses to look out in your life, whatever window you choose to look out in this world or your paradigm or your life, so to speak, determines the perception of the reality that you're going to choose every day of your life. How you're going to choose to live that life. What window of opportunity, so to speak, are you going to choose to look out and receive? Now, we're dealing in the area of faith. You've heard me speak many times on the, in, on the subject of attitude. I believe that attitude is very important in the walk of a Christian. Attitude is very important. It's important in our outlook. It's important in our perspective. 
it's important in our in our how we see things and how we how we deal with things. There there are things that dictate the kind of person that we are, and how we're to live our lives, how we will react, uh, so to speak, in given circumstances. Every one of us, no doubt, if we if we had a circumstance up here, we would probably every one of us react differently to that circumstance because. We, we, we're different people. We're made up different. Our emotions, our attitude, all of those things. And it, it's attitude probably is one of those most significant differences that faith makes in that it gives us a different perspective in how we choose to receive that. I told you a while ago, the Bible says, By faith, Abraham went out. Didn't know where he was going, but he went out to a land that God promised. I told you just a few minutes ago in this scripture that all of these that we've talked about up to this point, they received the promise, Sister Jeanette. They, they perceived, their attitude was, this is God speaking, I'm going to perceive it. But none of them received it. They got what God was saying. They understood the promise that God was saying. But none of them, they all died in the faith, but still believing that they was going to receive. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. When a person becomes a Christian... How many would agree with me that they get a that they get a new outlook on life? They change their their mindset, their their what they're focused on, all of that. They inherit a different set of guidelines or a set of values, goals, or their life changes. Faith will do that too. A, a child of God, no one, no one, no one uh, understands this probably more than Abraham in the book of Hebrews chapter eleven. One of the things that Abraham shows when you look at this book is that Abraham, despite all of the stuff that he had to go through, he got it right. Despite all of the hardships that he had to go through, at least he got it right. And that, that's what we want to talk about tonight. This is this is the first point I want I want to give you tonight. Faith makes us different to other people. It makes us different to other people. You're different to most people. Whether you, whether you believe it or not, you're different to most people. When you go to work, when you go to the supermarket, when you walk out of the doors, you are different. You, 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 do, do you ever feel that way that you're different? I'm different, not in, a, not in an arrogant sort of way. That's not what we're talking about. Not in a prideful sort of way. You know, if, if that's the case, you need, to, you need to knock that chip off your shoulder because we're all humans. We're all subject to failure. We're all subject to mistakes, all of those things. But because of Christ living within us, the Scripture even says we're different. He says we're different. And so we need to understand that. We've got a different attitude, so to speak, of life. It's different value and perspectives. When, when you or I talk to people, most of the time we can, we, can, we can often make a connection with them based upon a common interest, no matter what it is. Maybe, it's, maybe it would be with kids, or maybe it would be with humor, or maybe with sports, or family, or whatever the, whatever the case may be. But there comes a point that, that when you know that you're different in the area of Christ, you know that you're different in the area of the way that you talk, the way that you walk, the way that you begin to see things. You know automatically that you're different. Matter of fact, Peter says that you are a peculiar people. You're a peculiar people. Some, some, some Christians have, have turned that into a, an art form, so to speak. And, and, and we know in our world, when you, when you look at different Christian organizations, sometimes they look, they look strange at times. They don't look like you. And they've turned it into something that, that we may not even recognize, in the, and they, but they call it Christian. They call it all of this. Let me tell you something. You can call yourself whatever you want to call you. You know that, right? You can call yourself whatever you want to call you, but, but the Lord knows who you really are. 
the Lord knows. And not only does the Lord knows, people knows who you really are. They, they don't have to guess that. They know who you are. <laughs> when you talk about the word holy, the word holy means different. The word holy talks about faith that, that, that's in our heart that makes us holy. It makes us, the, what the scripture says, set apart because it changes our life perspective. It changes our, our outlook. And so when our perspective changes, you already know that everything else changes within us. When perspective changes in you, everything changes. And so faith, faith makes us different to other people. Not only that, faith makes us foreigners, the Bible says, in the world. Until Abraham believed and obeyed God, he worshiped gods in earth, was like everybody else. But here's the thing, once he believed and once he obeyed, he became, the Bible said, a stranger in the land. He became a stranger in the land. In that case, we know when we read the scripture of Abraham, he left the city that he was in. He, he went and, and he dwelled in a tent from, from here on out. In Canaan, where he was going, most people of that day lived in cities and, and towns, but not Abraham. The Bible calls him a stranger. He lived in those tents. Matter of fact, when we got the opportunity to, to go to Israel several years ago, there's still some of those nomad tents that's out there in the desert. And those people, they lived their entire life under those tents, sheep herders and, and nomads out in the desert. The town may be just, uh, just 500 to 600 yards away or, or half a mile or whatever, but they chose and choose to live that way that their ancestors did years and years ago. Abraham was no different. And even though the entire land, I want you to listen to this, even though the entire land was promised to him, he was still a stranger in the land. He was still an alien in the land. You know when you go abroad, Anybody that's ever traveled, when you go to, to other countries, when you go to another part of even the United States and it's not comfortable and, and it's different, do you know if you go up north, they don't know what sweet tea is? When you go up north, they don't know what grits is. Have you ever been asked when you sit down at a restaurant when you're up north, I want to order a bowl of grits? They say, what's a grit? You ever been asked that before? I was trying to teach Caleb the other day how to eat a bowl of grits. He put sugar on his. You don't eat grits that way. You smother them with eggs. You scramble them all together and you eat it. Right. Everybody does, knows that, right? <laughs> oh, I'm the stranger here. <laughs> How many of y'all put sugar on your grits? Oh, y'all are pitiful. We're in a foreign land, Dad. This is north. This is north right here in, in Blytheville, Arkansas. Yeah, everybody knows you eat grits with eggs. Everybody knows that. So, so Abraham, even though, even though that he was promised all of this land, he was a foreigner. But here's, the, here's what I want you to understand. As, as a child of God, you don't need to be afraid or be ashamed of, of being different. Amen. You don't need to be afraid of, of Jesus Christ living in your life. I mean, don't, don't become one of those weird, spooky kind of Christians. Now, I'm just going to let your mind go there. You've probably saw those weird Christians, those spooky. Don't, don't, don't be that, that way. But, but, but it's okay to understand who God is. It's okay to carry a, a, an air about you that you're a child of God. It don't mean you're no better than nobody else. It just means you're saved by grace and you're on your way to heaven. Amen. It doesn't mean that you can be arrogant or snooty and all those kind of things because you're going to run people off. Jesus says you're, you're, you're in this world, but you're not to be a part of the world, right? But we live in a day to where the world has crept into the church. And when you come into the church, you don't see any different anymore. You don't see any different. 
So we were foreigners in an alien land. So the day that we trusted Jesus, this place ceased to be our home. Why? Because we're aliens. This is not our home. This is, a, this is just a hotel sort of place. This is a staying kind of place. He's preparing us a place in heaven, right? And so faith makes us foreigners in the world. The other thing, as I told you earlier, faith changes our priorities. It changes our values. In Ur, the, the priority was, was prosperity. In, in Ur, the priority at that time was prosperity. In Canaan, I'm sure that it was much the same. And people really hadn't changed their mind about that. You go do a study of Abraham, he had a lot of things, but it wasn't the things that made him who he was. It wasn't the stuff that made him who he was. It was the promise of God that was placed upon his life. It was the promise of God. And we set our priorities according to our values. What you and I understand most important or what we understand is most valuable, we will make it our highest priority if we're not careful. Where do you put your value today? On who do you put your value? On what do you put your value today? Or at least we should make those things our highest priority. Abraham became prosperous, and, and, and he probably was reasonably uh, prosperous, but according to Scripture, and that was, but, that was, but that was not his top priority. It wasn't his top priority. But faith will do that to you. What somebody feels like and counts as, as a high priority, somebody that's a child of God may not look at it that way. Are you, are you following me? Because their priority is doing the will of the Father. Their priority is following what Jesus wants them to follow. Their priority is not listening to what man says. It's just trying to follow what the Lord Jesus Christ says. Amen. Faith will do that. And so the most important thing is not the accumulation of things. You've heard me say many times before, we Americans are funny people. They'll build those, those two and three car garages but never put a car in there. Why? Because they have stuff in there. They may have a three or four bedroom house, but, and it's full, but they have all the other stuff in the garages. You keep the car, the car outside. That's not what a garage is for. Garage is supposed to be for your cars, right? But everybody, accumulation of all these things. And so, and so the most important thing is not these accumulation of things. Progress, or even in career, or even in our personal relationships, it is living for God. That's the most important thing. And doing those things well, living for God well, growing in our faith for the Lord. Those other things may be, a, may be a blessing. Those other things may be a result in living for God because didn't God say that He would bless us with those things when we honor Him, right? But that's not our top priority. Doing His will is our top priority. Our love for others flows simply through our love for God. We want to bless others simply because God chooses to bless us. But our value system, when we are born again and we allow faith to take over in our life, our value system is changed. And we've got a different set of moral values than what the world has. Amen. So faith will do that. Faith will change those things. But not only that, faith will give us a different goal in our life. The goal of our lives is, is simply, as we know as God's people, to be like Jesus, right? We want to follow after Him. We want to do like he does. We want, to, we want to mimic the Lord Jesus Christ. That goal, when we have that goal in our life, it changes everything. I mean, when you wake up of the day, do you wake up every morning knowing, God, I want to be more like you today. I want to say the things that you would say. I want to do the things that you would do. I want to go to the places that you would go. I want to be more like you. As, as a child of God, this goal changes everything. And as Christians, you and I have a different attitude toward life. 
We even have a different attitude toward death, do we not? Because of the faith that arises within us. Because of what we know that is true. Because of the, of the, of, of the blessing that God puts upon our life. Abraham was able to live all of his life as a stranger without receiving the thing promised to him simply because he grasped that life was ultimately not about this present place, but about eternity. Right? This is not our home. This is a waiting place. We're sojourners here, the Bible says. We're pilgrims. We're strangers. Our home is in glory. Amen. There's a book by Selwyn Hughes, who's the founder of Everyday with Jesus Ministries, and he lived his life of faith for the Lord. Uh, this book talks about it, not without suffering, though. In this book of, of, of his personal biography, the book says he lost his wife, he lost his son shortly after that, and, and he also died of cancer. And I'm sure when you look at it from that perspective, you say, boy, he had a lot of tough things that happened to him. But from God's perspective, he was a child of God. And he was proud of him because of all the sermons. And in this book was, was many sermons that this guy had wrote. And in one of these sermons, he said this. He said, people often talk about heaven in terms of meeting up with loved ones who have gone on before. And it's a wonderful thought that will be a great delight. But the greatest delight, he said, and attraction of heaven is simply going to be meeting Jesus. Jesus face to face. Now we know, we know that to be true as well. Meeting, meeting our family and meeting our friends is going to be a wonderful thing. But aren't you thankful that when we are when we're able to meet Jesus face to face, the one who died for us, the one who shed his blood for us, the one who gave up everything so that you and I might have a life and might have it more abundantly. Amen. He tells us how C.S. Lewis, another author, said this. He called heaven... C.S. Lewis called heaven our true country, our true country. Heaven is the place that you and I, that's what we were made for. We were created to be there, not here. We were created to worship him. We were created to live, live down here just a little bit, but the Lord is going to call you and I home. And by faith, we've received that. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I've, never, I've never been given a tour of heaven. I've read about it. I've read about some things that's going to be on in heaven. I read the scriptures that talks about heaven, the streets of gold and the gates of pearl and all these things. And they sound wonderful, but I've never been given a tour there. I've, I've read other people how they've had visions of heaven and, and all of that. And, and, and you can talk about whether that's true or not all you want to. But the fact of the matter is there's coming a day by faith the child of God has received that in our spirit that there's coming a day that Jesus Christ is going to come back after his church and call us home, amen. And that home is going to be a place called heaven. Let me ask you a question. Where is heaven? Anybody know? Say that one more time. Wherever God is, exactly. I don't know exactly where that is, but wherever God is, it's going to be heaven. That's going to be the place that he's, that he's prepared for us. And so heaven is that, is that place that we were made for. Heaven was not made you know, just, for, just, just so we can talk about it. It was made for us. And so when we know that, perspective changes everything within us. And our faith begins to grow. Why are we able to get up every day? Because we know there's coming up time that Jesus is coming back to get his church. I don't know about you, but how many of you are tired of living in this old world? Oh, yeah. How many of you are tired of, of, of suffering all the things that we have to suffer? 
How many of you are crying all the tears that we've cried all these, all these years? I'm looking for that place that he said that there'll be no more tears, amen. That he, there'll be no, there no need of the sun because he is the light. I'm looking for that place where the devil and all of his imps cannot go there, but just the people of, of God, amen. Hallelujah. Faith makes God proud of us. Faith makes God proud of us. Exodus 3 and 6 says this, I am the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, the Bible said he hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. He was afraid to look at God. In other words, God introduced himself to Moses as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. They honored God by putting their faith in him. And he honored them by calling themselves their God. I am their God. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. They were, and we, we know when we read the scriptures about these guys, they, they were far from faultless. They, they were human just like us. They made mistakes just like you and I. Oh, pastor, not Abraham and not Isaac and not Jacob. You need to go back and read the Bible. They made some, they made some bad mistakes, did they not? Abraham told lies. He's supposed to lie. But he told lies. He jumped the gun with Hagar. Isaac also told lies. And also he was a bad, bad, bad parent. And as Jacob, we know he was a deceiver. You couldn't believe and trust anything the boy said at that time. But God is not ashamed to be called their God. The scripture says because they had faith in him and they lived for him. I dare say that probably every one of us sitting in here tonight, we've had those moments in our life that we've messed up, that we've royally didn't please God, so to speak. How many of you ever have ever learned something from your mistakes? Oh, yeah, we're supposed to do that. But when we learn those things and we go back and we ask God, forgive us, and God teaches us those things, and by faith, we know that God has forgiven us. And we accept that because His Word tells us that. Then we're able to move forward and move on with Him. We're able to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're able to grow in that. God's not ashamed today, tonight, to be called our God. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've done today. I'm going to tell you, he's not ashamed still to be called your God. You don't know what I said today. I'm telling you, he's not ashamed to be called your God. You don't know what I've done to you. He's not ashamed to be called your God. If you honor him by putting your faith in him, by living for him, your faith like theirs makes God proud makes God proud when your children who are far from perfect display that uh, admirable quality that uh, is not pleasing you know like most kids do when they act up and you have to get on to them and all those came as a mama you know what I'm talking about and especially as a mama you don't dislike them any less oh you may want to kill them but you don't dislike them any less you love them babies you do. You care about those, 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 those babies. Ella is going through this stage of biting people. And she's, she's bit people every day for the last week, I think. And so, but it doesn't mean that Adam and Catherine doesn't love her any less. And it sure don't mean Papa don't love her any less. You know, and so we all go through those moments. We all go through those things. But God is still proud of us. They're still proud of us. God is, is a proud parent. He's a proud parent. Look at the Message Bible in Hebrews, verse 13, puts it this way. He says, each one of these people of faith died, not yet having in hand what was promised, but still believing. How did they do it? 
They saw it way off in the distance. They waved their greeting and accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. Verse 14 says, People who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. If they were homesick for the old country, they could have gone back any time they wanted. But, 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 but 16 says, But they were after a far better country than that heaven country. And you can see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting upon them. And that's so just like us today. This is not our home. We're expecting to go home one day. I don't know when that's going to be for all of us. I don't know when it's going to be. But we're expecting to go home. I don't know what the future holds for all of us, but we're expecting to go home as a child of God. I don't know what tomorrow or next week or next year holds for you and I, but I know this, Brother Adam, if I stay true to myself and true to God, if I'm faithful in my walk with God, if I'm faithful in my calling to God, if I'm faithful in walking the Christian walk that He wants me to go, there's coming a day that I will hear the trumpet sound. There's coming a day that I'll hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. There's coming a day that we'll see the place and the grandeur that He's prepared for you and I even tonight. Amen. There's coming a day. You already know the scripture, but the Bible says the dead in Christ is going to rise first. Those family members that we've had that already has gone on in the Lord. Those loved ones that's already died in Christ. Those saints of old that's already died and gone on with the Lord. See, they died, Maryland, not received the promise, but yet they know that it's coming. They died. They didn't receive the promise. You and I, we're still able to receive the promise. It could be that the Lord decided to come back tonight. It could be that the Lord decided to come back tomorrow. But the question is, are you and I ready should he come? Are we prepared to go out into eternity? Are we prepared to meet Jesus face to face? But even if we die tonight, if we die tomorrow, and we die not receiving the promise we're still going to be able to receive the promise because the Bible says the dead in Christ is going to rise first and those which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with Him in the air. Amen. That's the promise that He's given us. The Bible here said, said that these, this heavenly hope, verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now I know we live in a day to where there's a lot of things going on in our culture today that you may not be able to, to take people at their word. You know what I'm talking about. It's hard to take people at their word anymore by what they say. You've heard me tell over and over again about people that calls every day that needs help. And I'll go to them, some of them, and, and not many of them, but there will be some that says, Hey, Pastor, I'm going to bring this back to you tomorrow. Have you, do you think I've ever received it? Do you ever think tomorrow has, has come? It has never come that I remember. If it has, I don't remember it. I'll bring this back, and they'll give me the day. They'll give me the time. I, only, I take that back. I only had one person come by a few years ago. was on his way to Florida, and he needed some help. And he said, I'm going to let you know. Now, he, he didn't say that he was going to pay it back. But he said, I'm going to let you know, just so that you know I'm not conning you, I'm going to let you know that I get there, and I'm going to let the person know, I'm going to let them call you so, that, so they can verify who I am. And sure enough, they did. The very next week, it was just like he said. Those people I have no problem with. But we live in a day where you, you, you can't accept 
or expect anybody to do what they said. At least I hope us Christians, when, when we say something, at least I hope you know, we, can, we can fulfill what we've said. But Abraham understood that this is a promise that God has sent me. He's promised me. He's sending me away. I'm going to a land. By faith, he obeyed. And he went out to that place that, he, that the Bible said he was going to receive the inheritance. Do you understand that you and I today, we're part of Abraham's seed? We and I, you and I today, we're part of the inheritance of Abraham. We, we make up that, that inheritance, that seed. But even if you and I tonight, if the Lord calls us home and we haven't received the promise of seeing Jesus face to face, my Bible tells me and your Bible tells you that there's coming a day he's going to call his church home. Amen? There's coming a day he's going to call us home. By faith, we have to choose to believe that. By faith, we have to listen and read the Word of God and let that Word grow in our hearts and grow in our life, grow and strengthen us day by day, knowing that Jesus is going to do what He said He's going to do. Let me ask you a question as we close tonight. Has Jesus ever said He's going to do something and He, and he, and he took care of it in your life? He'd done it. Now, no, I, I could ask this question. Has Jesus ever said He's going to do something and it had, the answer hadn't showed up yet? Many of us could probably raise our hands with that one as well. But how many would also agree with him when Jesus says he's going to do something? Dad made a statement a while ago. He says, if I know for real that God spoke, then I'll go. Now, that's, that's, that's the dilemma that we're in sometimes. We have to ask, Lord, is this really you speaking or is this the, the spaghetti I ate last night? Is this the pepperoni pizza that I, that I ate too, you know? We have to know, and the way we know that is because we speak to God often, right? So we know his voice. We're able to listen to his voice and hear his voice. And by faith, we do that each and every day. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for everything that you mean to us tonight. I know according to the Scripture, God, that Abraham and, and many of these saints of old, Lord, you promised many things to them. And they died not, not being able to receive the promise. But, Lord, in their spirit, in their spirit, they still had that heavenly hope. In, that in their spirit, oh God, they still believe you said what you said. It may not have happened in their time, but God, it's going to come to pass. It may not even happen in our time, but it will come to pass because that's what, uh, that's what your word tells us, Lord. Your word told us that if I go away, I'm going to come again. If I go away, I'm going to go away and I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Lord, I believe with all of my heart tonight that you're preparing the place for us tonight. And I believe, God, you're putting the finishing touches on it. I don't believe that it'll be too long before you come back after the church. But God, help me tonight. Help me in my measure and my level of faith that even if I die tonight, oh God, help me die knowing and believing that there's coming a promise. There is coming a day that we'll be reunited around the throne of God. Amen. By faith, they took hold of it. By faith, they believed it. Now, Lord, there's many of us tonight that has no doubt situations after situations that's going on in our life that we need faith in order to get through it every day. We need your faith to grow in us, O oh God. We need the promise to, to be true for us tonight, O oh God. And I'm asking you in the name of Jesus tonight, O oh Lord, that you administer to each and every person that's struggling tonight. 
that you, you administer, oh God, to those that's, that's dealing with things, may it be financially or with family or, or with work or whatever the reason, oh God. God, must give us faith to know that you're, you're working on our, on our behalf. And Father, we'll give you thanks, we'll give you praise. Help us to be able to see it, oh God. Help us to be able to, to see it in our spirit. And we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.